0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues.
0: What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it
1: mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home?
0: Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced, Produced by Ayan. not close.
2: Good afternoon, welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Diaspora Blues also airs on Tuesdays at 3.30pm on Radio Skid Row, a community radio station in Sydney. My name is Ayan Shirwa.
3: You know, the word diaspora is actually very interesting because I'm not sure if I if I am Diaspora, You know, and it, I'm still playing with it. I don't know how I feel about it. If if someone says, like, calling all diaspora South Asians, I actually don't picture myself. I'm like, oh, okay, it's for people who are born and raised here.
2: That voice there belongs to journalist and founder of South Asian Today, Dilpert Kar We'll hear more from Dilpert after this song. Do
1: you know how beautiful you are? You're, like, incredible. If he doesn't see that, then i don't know what you're doing man like you gotta tell me i look too good to be fucking with you baby don't you know it's true i'd rather be alone than to be down 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 for you you don't understand my heart or when my pages turn but i look too damn good to be 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 here with you 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 don't know what you're And whenever you look for something to use I am not a toy, please don't play confused I could have you, him and your cousin too la, look what you turn me to Do better than what you ought to do Who better than to keep up with you And tell you the truth That you ought to know that You don't understand my heart
0: Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws? Or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501 weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's zero four three four one three six five zero one, Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter.
2: And welcome back. You're listening to the Aswaro Blues. Before the community announcement, we played Too Dang Good by Pricey. Pricey is a Nigerian-born Australian-based singer and a flower enthusiast.
0: Hello, hello. This is Serious Me Cat. This week, I have a conversation for you that I had with independent journalist Dilpreet about her journey in founding South Asian Today. And some of the conversations that she's been igniting in the diaspora about things like progressive media and decolonizing media spaces, as well as the joys and downsides of running an independent media organization. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been meaning to have a chat with you ever since we met at One Woman Project. What year was that? Like... (laughs)
3: Oh wow. I don't know. Twenty nineteen must be, right? Must was it twenty eighteen? Was I still oh, in uni? Gosh. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think you were still at uni. I was still in uni too, actually. It
3: must be that kind of period. Oh, wow, wait, that was you, years ago.
0: The before time. <laughs> the before time. <laughs> we just call it that. But I love the conversation we had back then because I think we were talking about obviously it was at a self-care workshop and we we're just talking about how important it is to create safe spaces mm. for us. Marginalized people in this Predominantly white space to be able to talk about certain things. Were you already working on South Asian Today at the time or not no. yet?
3: South Asian Today, I launched in April last year. It was quite spontaneous um it's not one of those projects that I was working on for years so mm. sorry not a very inspiring <laughs> story I was 11 and I was shamed no um no. I just, like, it's like
0: got- a moment of inspiration I love it
3: yeah I just like got fed up you know and I was like let me just see let me just think of a few names and I just brainstormed a few names I checked the domain and I was like let me just give this a go primarily because I had spent so much money like getting a master's degree from Melbourne University of Melbourne Mm -hmm. so I was like why don't I just put some of the skills back into a project you know because of my visas I wasn't really qualified for a lot of jobs um, in the journalism industry in Australia which is you know I don't know why they create all these barriers for migrants but they do Mm -hmm. so I was like yeah let me just you know try and create a space on my own and I didn't really you know know where I was gonna go or what was gonna happen but wow. it's been more than a year now and it's going pretty good I think I
0: believe <laughs> I think so I love it <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I think your followers would agree too. I hope so.
3: God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've worked with some very, very cool South Asian journalists and writers and artists in the last one year. And it's been quite organic. Oh, wow. So now I'm thinking of it as an organization or as a company. But so far, it's really just been a space and like a platform. You
0: talked about a frustration that kind of powered this Eureka moment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that frustration?
3: Sure. So as is a common lot knowledge about, um, you know, among my friends, I had never left India before I came to Australia. So this is the this was the first time that I had, you know, flown out of the country. And I landed in Australia and I didn't know what the West looked like. I didn't know what the so-called first world looked like, you know. Maybe just through Bollywood films where we're dancing <laughs> in every mall. <laughs> but that's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> didn't know how it functioned. Didn't know what people thought, how people thought. Mm. Or, you know, what were some of the fights or struggles. So... But one of the main things that I found because I had come here to study journalism was literally no platform, progressive feminist platform for South Asian women. That was like my first, you know, very striking um, observation that I couldn't let go of. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of like Indian magazines, but they were full of like ads or where, where where are you going to get your wedding like outfit form from or oh my god bindi mm. and it was just so stereotypical and sexist and I was like wow. okay yes we love our outfits I know but like that's not all who we are right so there's mm-hmm. a huge conversation about gender and politics and pop culture and why do we have a love-hate relationship with our films and you know mm. so much more um to us than just like Bollywood or Chai or Don't know, curry. Um, and I was like, wow, this is interesting because there's there's a lot of diaspora. It's not like people aren't here, like Mm. a lot of Indians and South Asians are in Australia. So what's happening? And I sort of sat with it, observed a little bit more, um, studied, got some skills. Um, and yeah, in 2020, I was like, I'm just so fed up of you know the same old stories, and and that just sort of frustrated me because. I do not remember a conversation with my uh, you know, Indian friends that we've just only talked about chai for four hours. Like that doesn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> Like that literally doesn't happen. We make chai and then we're like, mm. Did you see this horrible patriarchal film on mm. Netflix. And we talk about that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we don't just serve this one particular stereotypical box. And I think that was right. the main yeah, focal point of frustration.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sounds like there was like a lot of 2D representation, very flat and just condensed to what's palatable, what's of white interest or interest to the white gaze. Yes,
3: yes, Mm. yes. Um, And I think that white gaze functions because um, a lot of South Asians in the West, um, that's been my observation so far, sort of like it as well. Um, You know, there's always this internalized racism of, you know, not really talking about shit that'll make you look bad, for example. Um, Mm. I remember meeting this uh, very well-meaning Indian woman a couple of years ago and she was like, oh, I don't really like to publish, uh, you know, bad articles about Indian men. It's not like they have a very good uh, reputation anyway. Mm. And I just sort of sat with it and thought, I don't think it's my responsibility to improve there reputation like I think a lot of journalists are hesitant South Asian journalists are hesitant to actually cover stories that might make the community look bad and I don't think it's just the in just the Indian community I think it's a lot of people of color communities but what it really does is it also sort of covers real stories about women about lower caste and lower class people who are suffering within that community mm. and I just don't think it's fair so yeah with South Asian today it's like you know I'm sort of finding this balance between what's my responsibility to take the burden off Mm -hmm. and what is my duty as a journalist to cover stories and you know it's like white gaze is not my problem dude if white people are gonna think badly of the entire community because of one story it sounds like them problem right Mm. (laughs) like they are pretty much conflating it and they are stereotyping us why Mm. is it our problem to make sure what they think of us like
0: it's a lot of labor isn't it to just be tiptoeing around things and
3: and I don't know who it serves really tiptoeing around white gays right Mm. I I feel like it harms us more than it helps us yeah I might have done that a little bit too um subconsciously when I arrived Mm -hmm. but it was such an alien feeling because I probably didn't have that feeling before that I quite quickly realized that, hey, hold on, me not saying a certain thing in front of Britney is only making me uncomfortable. Like, (laughs) why am I doing this to myself? So yeah, what better way to, you know, scream, I don't know, every lived experience and saying truth to power than a media space. I feel like that's You know, a good way to start, where you don't have to tiptoe, where you can actually publish things and you know Mm -hmm. make your own content and not have to worry about what others think.
0: Yeah, that's a really insightful observation. I think I'd never really thought about it like that. Why do we police ourselves? But I guess yeah, it's a process, and we've Hmm. all been there. And I think yeah, you know, like how did you find that courage to be like, okay, I'm going to get a team together, and we're not going to think about these consequences, or at least maybe not not think about them but at least yeah. not let them decide for me what i'm going to do that's
3: an interesting question i think it's a little it was perhaps a little bit different for me and it might not resonate with everybody but i think being a migrant and not being you know the word diaspora is actually very interesting because i'm not sure if i if i am diaspora Mm. you know and i'm still playing with it i don't know how i feel about it if if someone says like calling all diaspora south asians i actually don't picture myself i'm like oh okay it's for people who are born and raised here like that's my you know instant understanding Mm. but for me i think as a migrant it was so difficult to even get support from the south asian community in australia that it just felt like i would really have nothing to lose even if it failed that I was not really representing anyone. Um, I did not really have like a huge network or huge support system. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like as an artist, when you're alone, you can really do a lot more than you can do when something is expected off of you. Nothing was really expected off of me. And I just wanted to do it. And, you know, and even if it failed, I probably wouldn't have
2: and it might just
3: fail, you know, tomorrow or next year or whatever. But my mindset was never really like, oh, no, you know, what will happen to me then? Nothing. Mm. I'll still keep doing stories and I'll still keep publishing, you know, my own experiences. I'll still keep supporting artists uh, from the community that are, you know, really calling the community out because I think it's so important for the South Asian community in the West to be called out. Like they had to be called out yesterday. <laughs> I don't know why it's taken us so long. Coming back to having the courage. I, I, I'm not even sure if that's the right word. It's like, it's just, you know trying to do stories that matter. And I think mm-hmm. if that's your goal, then things, then things seem very easy because it's a very easy thing to do. Uh, It comes with complications, but, well, I'm just going to do a story about how this particular family just got this person from India and paid them $20 a month. I'm not scared to do this story because that's literally what happened and I'm just Mm going to write about it.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, just, like, speaking your truth.
3: That's it. (laughs) You remove
0: agendas, you remove delicacies or being people being precious about things because, yeah.
3: Yes absolutely I love that people being precious like I (laughs) don't care you know um yeah I'm also not a person to be like um you know oh my god I might lose this brand partnership if I do this story you might also never get that brand partnership because brands don't care about you so, you know, you might as well find people uh, in the future for the long run who believe in what you're doing. And that is actually priceless than a brand partnerships.
2: Okay, so I hope you're enjoying this conversation. When Sirius Meekat sent me this interview, I was like, this is so amazing. So I hope you feel the same too. So we're going to go to a short community announcement. And when we come back, more from Dilpreet. <laughs> Female identifying artists aged 18 to 35 are invited to enter the Ellen Jose Art Award, a $15,000 non-acquisitive award. Ellen Jose was a pioneer in Australia's urban Indigenous art movement and a radical activist and social justice campaigner. The award is given in the hope that it will support the winning artist's continued development by providing recognition as well as a financial boost. All six finalists will receive an artist fee and have the opportunity for their work to be professionally presented in an exhibition with an accompanying publication. The award is a partnership between the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation and Bayside City Council. Entries are now open and close on Friday the 27th of August. Head to bayside.vic.gov.au and search for the Ellen Jose Art Award for all the details. A 3CR supporter.
1: Love comes your
2: way. What can I say?
1: You feel it? You change your way.
2: And welcome back. You are listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program that also airs on Radio Skid Row, a community radio station in Sydney. On the show today is journalist and founder of South Asian Today. Dilprit Kar if you missed the first half of the interview, don't worry, you can listen back to this episode and all of our previous episodes when they're turned into a podcast by going to 3cr.org.au slash diaspora blues. So a quick recap, Dilprit and Sirius Meekat have so far discussed how they met, the launch of South Asian Today and internalized racism. We now return to the second half of their conversation as Dilpreet discusses the Netflix show *Never Have I Ever*, decolonizing media spaces, and the wins and drawbacks of running an independent publication, which you can imagine would be pretty difficult. Yeah.
0: Yes, speak on it, sis. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you unapologetically? Yes,
3: sounds only like you. Sometimes, no.
0: Right? Yeah, because it sounds like you're focusing on the bigger picture, because I feel like there's a lot of distractions, actually, which is maybe why it takes a certain amount of time or this amount of time for these discourses to develop because people are so distracted with either you know, infighting.
3: Yeah. And, you know, even like when you talk about distractions, um, I remember being so, I don't know, confused, I guess. Uh, have you heard of Never Have I Ever on Netflix? The Mindy Kaling show? Yes,
0: yes. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. So it came out and I watched it. And, you know, I had, as it is with every show, you like some things and you don't like some things, right? Hmm. So like, just me being me, nobody has asked for my opinion, but I am on the internet like, hello. So this is what I <laughs> <laughs> I you just another day for me yeah, so i just cool. like wrote what i liked and what i didn't like and the next day i don't think i've ever seen the south asian internet be like that oh, and wow. people were actually attacking people who didn't like never have i ever can you no. believe no and
0: I was like,
3: wait, guys, it's it's a show. Like some people didn't like it. It's fine. And then people were like, this is the problem with the community. You don't support your own members. That's why we are where we are. And I was like, oh my God, it's a show, not a government policy. I, for me, distractions are things like that. When I'm just like, wait, how are people going to perceive this story? Are people actually not going to focus on what the story is and are going to make assumptions or are going to conflate? things or are, are they actually going to miss the entire point point? and there's a lot of what about rewrite or oh, you wrote about this what about this but I wrote about this can you focus on what I wrote about and then you know tell me yes. what else you would like and I will write about other things so those are distractions for me where people would just want you to be 100% perfect Sorry to break it to you, but you know, small time startups and small media houses literally can't do that. They mm-hmm. literally don't have enough employees and enough funds to take up every story. Mm-hmm. So for me, distractions are basically kind of like, oh my God, are they going to completely miss the point? <laughs>
0: so- right. And it's such a delicate balance because you want to shed light on all stories, and but it doesn't mean they're immune to critique or feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and in you. fact they should be a conversation starting point with that in mind do you think white Australia is sort of ready to decolonize mm. say media space for example I think it I don't know if it's like ready
3: or you know what's the definition of being ready I, I do think that Australia doesn't have enough content mm. for um uh, people of color that's one thing that I'm quite sure about every single thing on Australia TV. Australian TV is a bit blah, bit yesterday, bit dull. Um, And I feel like there are so many talented artists from the BIPOC and the, you know, POC communities, and they kind of just go to the US because they have better opportunities there. So maybe in that sense, yes, we're not ready because our industry is not ready to take up stories even, right? You know, telling stories is like the last step. Are they ready to take up stories? Do they have the space to take them up in the first place, to write Mm -hmm. them, um, to produce them? So I guess in that sense, Australian industry is just not with the times. It's just not big enough i'm not sure i mean you know you're talking to someone who watches like five films a day because (laughs) like oh how do i how how do i watch like these thirty thousand films that india has produced in a year how do i do that (laughs) so we watch just so much stuff like you know we Mm. have so much content back home that Mm. coming to australia that was also one of the biggest shocks for me where i was like
1: yes
3: so wait going to the movies is not everyday routine like is that (laughs) do so no. <laughs> my friends are like what do you mean we'll just go to the movies when we want I was like oh, girl. Oh, "Okay, okay we just do it sort of like you know just
0: normally we just it normally like,
3: okay let's watch a movie today. it's such a part of our routine and such a part of our lifestyle mm. um that you know keeping that comparison is mine yeah I think it's gonna take some time
0: yeah and do you think white australia has a role to play in decolonizing the space or is it sort of up to us to kind of make and create that space like do you think there's a place where responsibility lies or falls
3: yes give us the money um and we'll do the rest thank you (laughs) their only role is being like sugar daddies and sugar mamas like that's it just give us the money like i don't think they have any role to play in you know what stories or what kind of stories and i think they they need to be just you know give support and especially especially in a monetary sense and especially in a financial sense and this you know uh, i don't know having a pat on their back for producing a certain Film is just takes away from the entire project, and everyone starts focusing on why this one person produced. And you know, the lens completely shifts from the actual artists and writers and creatives who who come from you know BIPOC communities onto a white producer. Mm -hmm. But in terms of you know them backing up projects, I have no qualms. I think they can really, really help support so many different you know theater pieces and songs and films. financially because they can procure so you know a lot more funds than we can Mm -hmm. just using their white privilege and just using their networks and
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think you running an independent media organization you you're really sort of at the forefront of seeing that Mm. like what have you found to be the I guess some of the positives of running an independent media organization
3: Mm. oh the positives are um you know the agency uh, um the literally from from the term the independence of you know doing stories of of not being really scared of um, anyone, you know, who's up the ladder or not having to worry about hierarchy. It's a very, everyone is an equal, uh, you know, person in this project sort of approach. Even if I have to publish an editorial piece, I will get it edited. I will get it reviewed. Doesn't matter if I'm the founder, I will also get my own pieces edited. Mm. So, you know, everyday sort of work culture. That's something I really enjoy because I hate... This you know, sir, madam, business, and who's above you and who's below <laughs> you, and it's so colonial. So yeah, I think the agency is is good. We we pick our own stories. Um, we reach out to people in our own capacity, um, and you know, we can really pick an angle that we think is important.
0: That's good. At least you're having fun with it.
3: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> and what would you say are some of the drawbacks?
3: Wow, the drawbacks are. Um, Definitely support, definitely grants, funding. Um, Those are the big ones. I am not eligible for like, I don't know, 70% of grants in Australia because I'm not a citizen or a permanent resident. So that's one of the biggest um, challenges. I I wish that the Australian industry was more open to people who might not have a citizenship or might not have a resident, but are, you know, residents of Australia for tax purposes, for example, and probably should have some grants for just them, grants Mm -hmm. to support... Migrants grants to support migrant women, grants to support former international students, given they studied in your country and Oof. are now opening something. Come on, it
0: can certainly be a barrier. And I guess that leads me to my next question about paywalls. I've been seeing this growing trend of media organizations having some of their content behind paywalls. What do you think about that? Wow, ah, uh,
3: in you know, in a very old-fashioned sense, um, so to speak, I personally don't like them. And I think journalism should be free and accessible for everybody is why I've not had a paywall on South Asian today, like at all. Um, And it's, you know, anybody can access it. Anybody can share it. Anybody can do whatever Mm. they want to with it. Uh, But at the same time, I'm okay with like small businesses with small media startups having subscription-based models because I completely understand that they need to pay their artists and they need to pay their writers. But with big companies, companies who have had reputations of like hundreds of years having a paywall, I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) What? Um, I don't get it. So I'm really in favor of, um, you know, media organizations like The Guardian or The Conversation where you can donate. And, you know, I think people who've been reading these newspapers for generations will donate because they're reliable, they're loyal audience. So I'm kind of, uh, yeah, in favor of those kinds of models where you, because it's like, you know, people who can afford to pay will pay. But what a paywall does is it's a barrier for people who can't afford to pay, but really should have access to it, right? So in short, no,
2: I understand it. And that was Dilpreet Kartagar speaking to Sirius Mikat about her publication South Asian Today there are tons of interesting conversations on that website, including all about health, politics, pop culture and more. So if you are interested, head over to southasiantoday.com.au. That is southasiantoday.com.au. And that is it from us. Huge thanks to Sirius Cat and Prep. If you're listening to this live and would like to listen back to this episode... Head over to our 3CR website at 3cr.org.au slash diaspora blues. You can also follow us on Instagram if that is your jam at 3cr.diaspora blues. I am Ayan Shirwa and I will see you next week.
0: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.